You're listening to Chameleon Church. Biblical antidotes for the modern man. With your host, Ellen Aguirre. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm uh, coming to you from behind the Redwood Curtain up in Humboldt County, Eureka, California. And I'm standing in today for Alan. Him and his wife are on a road trip for their anniversary. And I guarantee you they're just somewhere in the United States. You might be able to see them on Facebook. Just enjoying themselves and having a great time. So excited today to um, be on the Chameleon Church. Welcome to the Chameleon Church if this is your first time. And if it's your first time, go ahead and subscribe on YouTube and ring that little bell for notifications. And uh, you can find the Chameleon Church on the um, Travelog channel. You can see it on Facebook. I repost it on my group page, the Branch of Forerunner Ministry, um, every time that we... Uh, do this on Tuesday mornings, and it's just really exciting to be here with you. And I'm, and it's unscripted. We never usually know where we're going. We have some kind of inkling sometimes, and and yet at the same time, we want it to be fresh. And uh, so as we are moving forward here, I really want to see your participation in all your uh, in the chats, and so that we can answer any questions. And Chris Rosenstrader, a very good friend of Alan's, um, I met him many, many years ago. He was Alan's drummer, and he's an entrepreneur, and he's filled with God's spirit, and he has a lot of wisdom behind him. He's going to be joining uh, me. So, Chris, why don't you come on in? Hey, hey. Good morning. Good morning. So here we are. I'm sorry I don't have the little bells and whistles with me. Um, the one thing I don't want to do is start pressing buttons. We could, we don't know what would come on the screen if I did that. So, so how you doing, brother? I'm doing good. Got my coffee. Yeah. Well, I, I realize we're saying good morning, but I mean it's good morning for I'm I'm Seattle. I'm Pacific time, but good yeah, afternoon, Christine. Good afternoon from Wales. I, I forget the internet, man. It's Anyone can join anytime. So, oh yeah, all over the place. Yep, I got my little uh, Shabbat Shalom cup. Had to get Alan's little goodies when he was on the uh, Rude Awakening. So, yeah, I miss Alan, but uh, you know he's gonna have a he's having a good time. I know much needed rest and time with the time with your wife. It's good stuff. Good stuff. Oh, yeah. Happy to happy to help. Happy to be here. Yeah. It's it's really good. So, any thoughts? Have you been uh, any just through the week since we were on here last time? Um, man, it just seems like so much happens in the span of seven days. Yeah, I mean, I mean, in the world, yes, which we'll probably get to later. But just just in life, I got I got two kids. Two life is full, and um, but, but it's just trying to keep up sometimes. But the scripture that it's been on my heart is in um, many of the Psalms, there's references to sleep, waking in the night, the night watches, uh, your song or the prayer on your bed, 
listening and being silent. And sometimes when I wake up in the morning, I'm, I'm thinking, you know what, I'm not, I'm not going to roll over and get another hour of sleep. I'm going to meditate on that scripture and what, what David might've been thinking in his life where he was either in a cave on his bed or in the palace. And just, there's something special, I think about just taking a breath that I've been practicing in the morning before I get up and do my thing, but just resting there and meditating and praying to the Lord. And so that's how I started this morning, right? You know, so I feel, I feel good. I feel blessed. I feel my boundaries have fallen in pleasant places. May the light of his face shine upon us. I'm, I'm just, I'm, my heart's full and I'm grateful this morning. Yeah. It's been a, a tough week for a lot, a lot of folks. Um, Rob Skiba passed, Russ Dizdar passed, and these were influential teachers uh, to the body of Christ. And I know uh, with Rob Skiba, I didn't know him much. I heard uh, a few of his teachings, especially on the Giants in Genesis 6, and he was just incredible. He was a great teacher. I remember uh, um, I started uh, listening to him, Josh Laurie. Do you know who Josh is? Uh, just, just the, just the name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he says, Lenny, why don't you check this out? And I did. And, uh, um, it was really, really good. Cause I've, I've been studying Genesis six for years upon years when Chuck Misler really started pushing the Nephilim back in the 1980s, early 1980s. That's a long time ago. He was on the fringe. Yeah. I mean, back then and then just even when the torah was just coming alive there was this guy called the watchman he had the only website back in 1983 and i was always fascinated by it even though i couldn't understand a lot of it but i was always drawn to it because he always talked about the feasts and everything and how it related to the second coming of jesus and uh um it always caught my attention but these Torah, uh, uh, Rob Skiba being a Torah teacher, he was he was just an incredible person. I hear, and I my heart goes out with condolence to his wife and their family, and to all those brethren who uh, were really close and were mentored by him, and also Russ Dizdar. He was just a he was a radical. He used to be on the Steve Quayle program a lot, so. Just our heart goes out to a lot of them. And I know that brings up the issue, too, is going, everybody's going, what's going on? Is this spiritual warfare? Of course. I mean, it's a, it's a natural thing. Spiritual warfare is just part of our life. And yet, there are so many different definitions to it. I, I was thinking about this, that um, when you really break it down, it's really the conflict of the two kingdoms. It goes back to the fact that in Daniel 7, where it says the son of man's riding on the clouds and he meets the ancient of days and the ancient of days gives him the kingdom. Um, Daniel saw that he was in the throne room of God and yet time in the sight of God is just, it's, irrelevant because from the very beginning um the great battle that ensued when he brought about creation uh he always had in mind his messiah 
the son of man who would rule the nations and rule the kingdoms. There was a little turn, as we know, right in Genesis, and uh, we see that conflict. And I, I really don't want to get into a lot of the whole thing, but the interesting thing is the question that really came to my heart, and I, I get this out of uh, um, uh, Michael Heiser's books called The Unseen Realm and Demons. He's written quite a few books. He says, ask yourself this question. He said, um, what do the powers of darkness fear? If you really want to know what spiritual warfare is in our context, you got to ask yourself this question. What do the powers of darkness fear? And um, they fear their demise. They want to prolong what's going on as long as they can. They want to kick the can down the road because they know it's coming. So what does that kind of tell you when it comes to the great mission, shall I say, or the great commission? When you look at the scriptures and you see that place where Jesus spoke clearly to the disciples and yet, you know, they only had an inkling of what would come to pass. Here we are 2,000 years later. We have it at our fingertips. When you look at the fullness of it, we're right at the end of the age when the master's about ready to come and he's starting to reveal the truth of the kingdom like we've never seen it before. And yet he said, he goes, go into all the nations, teach them to obey everything I've commanded. Mm. That was the great mission, that teaching them to obey Torah, teaching them to obey and discipling the nations is what they fear because it was the demonstration of the kingdom and everything that goes along with it, healing the sick, raising the dead, uh, um, casting out devils. But the big thing was is that that fullness of the Gentiles, all men coming to be children of God, that mission. And yet we, we always say, well, that's the whole mission of the church. No, it's, it's more than that. We're, we participate in this so that the king can be glorified, that his kingdom will come. And a lot of times we think that the Great Commission is an end in itself. It's not. It's, it's, it's the command from Jesus to say, I've enlisted you to get this job done. But they're kicking the can down the road. And we have an opportunity to enter in and hasten that, hasten the day of the Lord. Have you what, thought an about? what an invitation. I know. I know. Exactly. When you were talking about these guys that passed this week, I was thinking of the prayer of Moses, Psalm 90, that if we live to be 70 for lucky 80, our days are numbered. Get a heart of wisdom. And you, you drop that into what you're talking about now and current events, like the stakes are high and it matters. And, and the, just reflecting on that, your days are numbered. How are we going to participate in this invitation you've asked? Invitation, command. It's like a command invitation. Go into all the world, make disciples, baptize, 
it's sobering and exciting. Yeah. Like take this command seriously, fear the Lord, participate in his goodness, participate in his kingdom on earth here. And as revival happens, as our spirits are revived, as the spirit comes alive in us, as we're commissioning and participating in that, the stakes are high and the dividing lines are no longer gray. It's black and white. And the enemy has set his, his heart against the anointed, meaning Jesus, and against his anointed people, meaning Israel. And it's just, it's, it is exciting time to be alive. And everyone listening, I think, is in this, in, is in this general agreement, this camp, that don't be discouraged because God has gifted us He's, he chose to set us on the world right now. And so when we're feeling the strife or the pressure or the discouragement, take heart because he has overcome. He has overcome the world and the spirit that resurrected Jesus from the dead lives inside of us. And he's empowering us and he's giving us everything already. Like you said, the Holy Spirit's here. The counselor is here. And I'm, I'm just... I mean, I'm encouraged and getting even more built up as I'm talking about this. You, you know, it's interesting because you brought in that whole thing about the, the fact of eternity. And that's something that we are, we, it eludes us so many times. I, I just saw a, a Facebook, you know, just on it this morning. And this one pastor, a guy that I know back in the Midwest, he was going, you know what, these um, pilots and, and, um, first responders, they're more courageous than most pastors. And I go, I don't want to get into what the controversy is, but I'm going, you know what? There's so much distraction out there right now. And I'm going, is it about our freedoms? I, I'm going, I'm a slave of the Lord. I, do I even have freedom? And everybody's crying out, where's our freedoms? We got to stand up. And I don't want to minimize that. I don't. But I'm going, are we really focusing on what's really important? What he's given us right now? To have the joy of the Lord, to be fearless with a smile on our face, knowing that he's our king, that in the midst of all this craziness, we not only have the authority of the kingdom, <laughs> we, we have his word behind us. He's saying, you're my kids, man. Go do this. I'm with you and I'm behind you. And life happens. Like you said, people are taken early. And yet he says, guess what? You're going to be with me for all eternity. And that's what people need to hear. That's how, I mean, I'm just thinking about hope. That's incredible hope. Yeah. And, and it, every, like, if you, if you brand it distraction, as you just did, is setting, is trying to come against our hope yeah. and distract us. And if you, and if you just kind of think about the realities right now, Revelation 4, the ruler of the universe that owns every palace, every asset, everything is under his control, is sitting on a bejeweled throne, being worshipped now. And we are invited into that worship of him on earth. Yeah. And no distraction can change that. No tumult of the world removes him from his throne 
and and he has already won and there will become a, there will be a reckoning and a further glorification of him and and this is i'm saying this to myself it is a reminder to not get distracted right and set your hope firmly on what is already established and his his kingdom cannot be shaken i'm just Bless the name of the Lord is what I, is. I'm just, it's you our know, hope. Uh, my hope is in Jesus. That's right. You know, I find well, about what right before the election, he kicked my butt. I found myself getting angry every time I turned my head and he goes, you know what? You're not looking at me. You're looking at the politic. And that politic is just making you go crazy. And he goes, that's that distraction. And he goes, you don't know what my outcome is going to be. And I know there's a lot of debate to where it's at, but the reality is, is that nothing surprised him. We've heard that before. And we know that he does all things well. And he's on track to bring back his son. He's on track that those powers and principalities can't go any farther than he allows them. And he's setting up this planet. And I'm going, you know what? As I read the scripture, especially in Revelation, it says when all these things are just crashing down around him, it says they're lifting their hands towards heaven and they're rejoicing with a shalom. You know, it's interesting. The word shalom just doesn't only mean peace it means to destroy chaos and chaos has no effect on you that's the kind of peace that is that's what shalom is true shalom and uh, um these people can look towards heaven and say you do all things well and the world they'll either hate you for that or they'll say this is what i need and a lot of times it, it doesn't matter how much you know of God's word. It's his presence within you that gives you that confidence where you have the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. It's more than just a song. It's more than just a song. Say that. Say that shalom piece again. It's a shalom means to break chaos, breaking chaos. It's wow. Breaking chaos all around you. Man, I love that picture. I'm, I'm thinking a clash of the Titans. Yeah. Like this clashing of swords, the Lord is destroying the chaos, and we're we're invited to participate. He invites us into His peace. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. He's empowered us. He's given us everything for godliness. It says, and for power. And uh, the interesting thing. It's not shouting at demons that destroys the principalities and the powers. It's walking in holiness. It's having the joy of the Lord. It's doing those normative things. I remember John Wimber teaching on this. He goes, you know what? Everything is healing now, and it is important. But he goes, that should be normal in every believer's life. It, it's not something that takes uh, the forefront and say, we got to learn everything about, we have to become specialists in fact, the scripture warns against that. It really does in Colossians. And it's interesting because if people get distracted, but he goes, that should be a normal part of your life. Mm -hmm. Just as, as you're breathing, 
Mm. He goes, you see somebody sick, pray for him because the power of God dwells within you and you've been given the kingdom authority. He goes, and yet we as believers, we, we look at some of those things and right away we, we make that the, the forefront and it's not, it's Jesus. It's our standing with him. It's our identity in him. People look at us and they, they, they see someone that can have peace in their heart. They can be calm. And I, you know, I'm an Italian. I am not always calm. And, and, and sometimes I have to get ticked off. But the reality is, is that when they see that peace of Jesus in me, when they're going nuts and I can, I can bring a word or I can give a prophetic word or I can just maybe shake their hand or smile at them, there's spiritual power in that stuff. And people don't realize that. In, in the way that we, and they talk about conducting ourselves. And I'm not talking about the Christianese. I'm just talking about just being real and kind. And oh, nice. man. Those simple things that we forget, you know? Th- think, okay, if you, if you said, let me, I don't know where I'm going with this, so let me bounce this off of you. I've been thinking about the anger that's in the world. And if you said people of faith, people that would call themselves Christians or people that are pursuing Messiah, even the struggle it is for, for me not to, to read the news and not let my spirit be anxious. Right? Like so many things in a day. Now think of people that do not know the peace of Jesus already like neighbor, neighbor across the street. I mean, we, we've had some interesting conversation with neighbors and parents of our kids in the last three days, actually um, people that would not call themselves Christians and would be actually averse to the faith. And they're coming to us. They're coming. It's conversations usually centered around our kids, but we're having these opportunities to speak hope by just what you're saying, they just need a kind word. They don't, they're, they are looking like they have no answers. They're, they're, they're spinning in anxiety and the power we have to pass, as you said, shalom onto people just with love, just with um, being there for them. Like uh, this, this, this mom told my wife, we were, we were out, fooling around in the yard, uh, not fooling around, picking up the yard, uh, raking leaves and just cleaning up the yard a little bit. And she walked by and wanted to talk to my wife. And, and so I kind of let them have their thing. And my wife came back up the yard and said to me, she, she just told me she's at the end of her rope. And just the opportunity, like we're just in our yard doing our thing and a and a neighbor walks in and is expressing the hope and she got this, got a call or had to, had to jet, but me and my wife, we were just pray, let's just pray for her in our yard. And that, that, that is an open door. And so we'll see where the, where it goes today. Maybe I can share next week, but like people, the, the opportunity to share the gospel and for the shalom of Christ to enter into territory that has previously been locked down. It's exciting. Yeah, I'm, I'm agreeing with what you're saying about uh, it's not the Christianese. It's just being there for people when they're when they're com- like they got nothing. They have no answer and everything they've relied on 
has been in tumult for 18 to 24 months are, I, I think I'm seeing people are at the end now. So be, be walking in his peace because I think opportunities are coming to us in the coming days and months that have previously been shut down. Here's a different spin on something. Um, you know that Jesus really talked how Elijah was again going to come. He was there the first time as a forerunner to prepare the way of the Lord. Well, that spirit is going to be on his people, and yet we know Elijah will come again. And uh, Luke one seventeen, which is defines me and my wife, and uh, is part of our ministry. I'm thinking about those verses. It says he will come in the spirit and power of Elijah as a forerunner before the Lord to restore the hearts of the fathers to the children, to bring the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous and to prepare a people for his coming. And then you look at first Corinthians 14, Paul knew his old Testament. Paul knew the promises of Yeshua and he defined what prophetic, the prophetic was edification, exhortation, and comfort. I look at the edification of a father teaching his children. I look at the exhortation of teaching people how to obey his word. I look at the comfort of telling people Messiah is returning. I mean, it fits together. And yet at the same time, when you roll that up in a bundle in a person who is just kind, who can stand there and say, you know what? I have the answers. Let's balance the fact of the chaos that's here right now. We have hope. And yet at the same time, he's coming. And you need to know that. And I'm talking both for the believer to a believer and the believer to an unbeliever. Those three things are so prophetic. And that spirit and power of Elijah is more than just uh, calling out fire. It's, it's a lifestyle. And yet... It's highly prophetic, and yet he'll empower those to teach people his words so that they're prepared. Because what you're talking about, the anger and the fear in the world, Jesus gave us that in Matthew 24. And he says, he goes, because iniquity abounds, that's Torahlessness. Remember mm -hmm. Alan said that? He says, they will hate, they will betray, and they will lie to one another. Those things we're seeing. And he says, and it will cause the love of many to grow cold. Well, what's the opposite of that? It's to stand unaffected because you know you're king. Mm. It's to stand unaffected because he lives with us. And that's what we have to remind each other because the distractions are coming fast and furious. And a lot of Christians are getting kicked off their keister right now because it, it, they're hitting the the... the the popular uh, 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 distraction of the moment, whatever it could be, and there, there's tons of them out there, whether it's the church. You know, oh, we can't meet in our church. Worship them. No, fine. We're not supposed to forsake the assembly. Find out a different way. But rather than ragging on it, go worship him. Mm. You know, it's interesting. I brought my guitar out the other day. I was playing it in the backyard, right? The next door neighbors on the other side of the fence. It reminds me of an old TV thing. He goes, hey, I like hearing that. 
I go, yeah, I'm just singing unto the Lord. They go, boy, whatever it is, it's really soothing. And That's I'm going, nice. You know, and I'm the going, you know what? I wonder what kind of influence that is. And I'm just a duffer when you pick up a guitar, you know, come on. And I just, and, and yet wherever we're at, we can make a difference. It's these little things that we forget. It's the power of his presence, finding peace in his presence and then being carriers of the shalom. Yeah. 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 That's so good, man. I, 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 as you were talking, I was thinking of, you know, Jesus' words, keep in mind, if the world hates you, they hated me first. And when I'm feeling tension between, between me and someone else, and, and, I, and I, I have to remind myself that they're not hating me. They're res- this is a response to Christ in me. And rather than having a pity party and, or feeling attacked, is like, wow, actually I need to be sombered by the sadness that their heart is so cold to the Lord they're reacting to people of crisis way. And it just, it just sets my hope in, in the Lord. Like you said, if your dad, you, your dad is the ruler, your dad is the King. It gives you a peace or it's a, it's a reminder of the peace that we carry and just sharing it with your neighbors. You should play guitar again tonight. <laughs> and this time, can you make a campfire? Not really. It's going to be raining tonight. Oh, like uh, when you can have a campfire and just be back there yeah. gr- grilling something tasty. Say, yeah, come on over. Yeah. Let's let's partake in the kingdom now. I know. You know, I just a few words make so much of a difference. Yeah. You know, and, and the thing is, is I was going, you know, I had all this other stuff I've been looking at. You know, we you can get into the heavy things of, okay. Deuteronomy 32 and the, the, uh, where he sets up the, the nations and he gives them to the Benai Elohim, the sons of God, except he, and he keeps Israel for himself. And we know that they're the rulers over the nations. You look at Daniel and you see how uh, there's a vision given to Daniel and uh, he sees Gabriel going after the prince of Persia. And we can get into all the particulars of how the warfare is in the heavenlies when it comes down to us. It's that peace that we have that Jesus says, though this planet is going nuts in me, you shall have shalom. He goes, it could all be destroyed, but take heart in me, you have peace. And he knew this was going to happen. He knew we would get to this place. And many saints through the ages in their own personal struggle got to that place But here we are now, we're not only where is it affecting us individually, but on a global sense, we have never been in such a place right now where all the forces of evil, knowing that it's high time right now, as the scripture says, he's calling his church to wake up and discern the times and actually, as far as the individuals go, all the discipleship we learned should prepare us to walk in that identity, in that authority, in that peace, and in that power to be able to forgive, to love, to have joy, to have long suffering, to have kindness, to have meekness. Oh, I think I've heard those words before. What is that all about? 
being filled with the Holy Spirit, getting underneath that spout and having him fill us every day that that gives us that ability to obey his word, obey his Torah, love him. I remember Mike Bickle said this about 15 years ago. He goes, you know what? I have a feeling the Lord is uh, um, doing a new thing in the earth. And what is that new thing? Teaching us to love the Lord thy God with thy whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. Oh, boy, I think that's going to take all eternity. Mm-hmm. But the recovery of that first commandment in our lives so that we can do the second commandment that Jesus talked about and all the commandments. Yeah, Jesus, is it uh, John 14? He says the counselor's coming. Yes, and, that's it. And, and my, he's given us everything we need. That's right. My peace, he's get my peace. I leave you. My peace, I give to you. I, I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking about that Psalm 90 again. The days are numbered. Get a heart of wisdom. Where is wisdom? Yeah. I mean, I mean, maybe I'm paraphrasing a Ecclesiastes or a proverb, but wisdom is found in the shalom. That's right. Or what is the what is the rhythm we're doing? The loop, the daily loop we are setting up for ourselves to rejuvenate in the peace of shalom for our spirits, so that our spirits can reflect His light. Our countenance on our face shines the peace of Jesus to others. But if if our hope or our or trying to find peace in anything else, it's not going to work. And I think. What you're saying is spiritual warfare is accelerating. Clash of a titan, clash of the titans is getting louder. What are we doing? How are we participating in allowing that peace, allowing that spirit, allowing that counselor to fill us for what days are coming? What what's coming in the in the next days? What you said just triggered me because you know how you're talking about wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Mm-hmm. And the fear of the Lord has juxtaposed the fear of man, uh, the fear of our losses, the fear of losing our freedom, the fear of, 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 of our neighbor, the fear of the nations, it's the fear of the Lord that gives us shalom because wisdom comes upon us. And wisdom, (laughs) in one place it says that we've kissed it. It's the Messiah. It's that place to say, man, he's, he's first and foremost. He's everything. And uh, that's why so many songs were written about our Jesus, you know, just, when you think about it, some some of the early vineyard music that I was familiar with back then just had all of its focus on him. You know, there was something different about the, the Jesus movement in that it was all about him. And uh, it, and that's not to take away, because if anything, if it's about him, it's about the father. Because he says, when you've seen me, you see the Father. And uh, 
that relationship it causes right there, what worship really does to us, what what it means to uh, uh, be totally smitten and in love with him. That's, that's good, Lenny. Maybe how do we, how do we? I wasn't expecting to go this way with all this this morning, but this really turned into something I think is really important. No, I think it's good. I'm feeling, I'm feeling the Lord leading us, but around the, what you were thinking about, about spiritual warfare, maybe we, we kind of take a turn a little bit into if we know the, that the counselor has peace available to us and spiritual warfare is accelerating and will become more intense and our days are numbered. Maybe let's talk about practicalities and maybe people in the comments. Um, what keeps you, what keeps us personally from entering that rest? Or another way to ask the question to, to those watching is, if you know that peace is available, what are the what are the things that that tempt you to be distracted from that peace? And then maybe Lenny, you can you can tie that to how we counter that and the in the practicalities of where. The, so maybe what I'm asking is, where does the spiritual warfare show up in your life? Um. And, and for me, I think it's, it is largely centered around my children. Um, my, my daughter is 14 and I, and I want her to know the peace of Jesus. I want her to not feel attacked. I want her to feel, not feel left out, like with the world and connecting with, you know, she's into sports and stuff and there's just so, such a dynamic going on. And so when I get anxious, it's because I'm anxious for my kids. That's where the Lord asks me to give up the things I'm trying to control around my kids and protecting them or keeping them. So what are some other things that you're thinking about? You know, it's, it's interesting. I know that uh, um, I'd have to say the same thing for me. My daughter is not walking with the Lord. Wow. And... Uh, um, that is a constant place where I mean, morning and night, I pray for, her. Mm. and I hear her heart. You know, I pastored for thirty-eight years straight, no breaks, and him taking me with planting three different churches, and she said this about this was about two thousand ten. She goes, you know, Dad, I love Jesus, but I hate his people. <laughs> that can kind of tell you the place in her heart. And um, that's a place that I'm constantly struggling. I go, not only within myself, I'm going, Lord, because I didn't raise her like a preacher's kid. I did not. And yet at the same time, I struggle with, I'm going, but where did I miss it? And I knew I missed it because I just didn't have the proper tools. I knowing what I know now with observing the Sabbath, I th that one word that Alan has, this is he should write a book about it. What would the world do if they saw mom and dad 
or your children saw mom and dad pray over each other that one day a week and pray over their family and just give themselves to each other and to God, what would our, what would the church look like? I wish I would have known that growing up as a, as a, as a pastor, a young pastor, no one ever taught me that kind of stuff. I think when he said that on the rude awakening, I heard that that made more impact on me and I'm going, huh? And, um, I go, Lord, I've always loved Dallin, but I go, Lord, I want to sow more into him. Mm. However I can, whether it's little I have financially or whatever, I just want to be able to do that. And when he said that, I'm going, oh, my gosh, because that one always throws me for a loop because now I see my little grandkids and they're me and my wife. That's, that's all they have. The only influence they have, you know, so I'm going, Lord, show us how to do this right now. And uh, what it meant for me is that after retiring, I'm going, I went through that whole thing of going, yeah, but I want to be useful again. And he just said, oh, shut up. He goes, you're mine. And he goes, I'm going to use you any way I can. And I realized, you know, it's not just being a pastor of a church or doing a church that makes you useful. It's obeying him in that thing of crying out for your daughter when you know that he has the power and authority to influence her soul and her heart just by your kind word and not saying anything. And, and yet loving her enough to say, you know what, nudging her in that wisdom without getting religious on her and looking at the kids and saying, you know, come and sleep over and let me read the scriptures to you. Let me read the Bible. And they love it. The grandkids love it. They're noni. My, my wife, she gets on there and she uh, last week she was reading them all about Moses. It was at the end of uh, Sukkot, you know, when we had them over and they were doing their flags with us and everything. We read to them all about Moses, and they were just all ears. They were listening. I'm going, Lord, this is what I want to see. And, you know, the next day they're nuts. Next day they're just their normal the, their normal selves beating each other up, you know, they're kids, five and a seven-year-old. But at the same time, we know that we sowed that seed. But you're asking that question. that It affects me because I want to see her in the kingdom, and I want to give myself completely to what it takes now it was just as important as when you're pastoring 400 people. You know, those, yeah. those are the kind of things I'm looking at, especially with the world going out crazy around you. You know, I go, well, I'm here right now, and this is what's really important. I think that's, uh, um, I'm going to be joining with you in prayer for your daughter. Yeah. Timmer's saying a, a similar thing about his kids. I'm just feeling like there is this, unfortunately, I think it's a common thing. Kids raised in the church, or I have even friends my age that were raised in the church and their hearts have gone cold to the Lord. And it's that similar conversation where I love the Lord, but I don't love the people or his, the people that brand themselves with his name would be one way to say it. Or um, from either, uh, what they might call hypocrisy in the church or um, senior leaders, damaging leaders that have said or disciplined in the name of discipline or tried to control them. And maybe let's just, let's just pray for those people right now. Let's do it. Uh, let me, I'm going to, I'll start. 
praying specifically for your daughter and and anyone on the call feeling this prayer, pray it out too. Lord, I just thank you for the connections we have with our kids. And I just want to pray for Lenny's daughter as a type and a model too for anyone that grew up in the church or with loving parents that love you. We lift, we lift up our hands and we lift them to you, Lord. You see these people? You see Lenny's daughter. You see Timmer's kids. We raise them to you and we ask you to shelter them and, in, and bring them into a count encounter with the face of Jesus and encounter with your Holy Spirit. And for all those that would say a similar reason why their hearts are not pursuing you now. We ask for the revelation of Jesus to fall on them and you to pull like you pulled Saul and scales fell from his eyes. We just ask you to do that in these people we're thinking about, Lord. Drop the scales from their eyes. Let them not be able to deny that they've had an encounter and a moment with the ruler of the universe, and they will forever be changed and never go backwards. We bless your name, Lord. Yes, Lord. I, I see Michael has two sons also, Lord. I want to pray, Lord, for your kingdom to come to them, Lord, and their dad who's faithful to you, Lord, who loves you. Lord, that they would see that love that he has, Lord, and, and uh, wherever they're at, Lord, they would just be drawn to you. It's you that draws them, Lord. It's We can beat ourselves up with everything we've, we've either done or not done, and yet at the same time, it's you that draws all men to yourself. And you know how to get the hardest, Lord. And yet, Lord, just as we're praying for our families, this is what's affecting us. But the planet out there has so many sons and daughters, Lord. Yes. I think of the sons and daughters of the nations, Lord, that you love and your heart's broken for, Lord. That you would anoint and raise up your sons and daughters to be able to bring the kingdom, Lord to have the power of the Holy Spirit in them, Lord, just released so that they see Jesus, because that's what you do, Holy Spirit. You not only reveal truth, you reveal the Son. You come and reveal everything about the Father's love for the Son and the Son's love for the Father. Lord, so I want to pray right now, Lord, that uh, there would be a prophetic awakening Mm, yeah. A prophetic awakening to see the important things. Yes. See the things that matter, Lord, and what's important to you. Like it says in the scripture, find out what pleases the Lord and do that. And Lord, we, it seems like we're really busy about finding out what we need for our own survival or our own perpetuating the way of life that we've always known it <laughs> rather than what pleases you lord please let a prophetic just wave of your holy spirit come upon your people and upon this nation lord 
Lord, I know that's preparation for your people for what's to come, Lord. So strengthen us, Lord, strengthen us. Pour your mercies out upon us, Lord. I echo Michael's prayer here too. Shatter the chaos, Lord. Shatter the scales from the eyes. Yes, Lord. And you say, you say, go into all the world, baptizing. And you say, pray for workers to be sent to the harvest. And so we just, we agree with your scripture, Lord. We pray that. We pray that you would send workers to harvest. The fields are white and ready. We see it. We can see it escalating. And so I just pray for this type of illustrated in Lenny's daughter, the people that aren't serving you, the people that are far away from you, shatter the chaos, drop the scales from their eyes and send them into the harvest, Lord. Send workers to your harvest. Mm. Hey, Chris, take it for two minutes. I'll be right back. Yeah. Scrolling through some of these comments that I missed. Um, I just want to encourage people. I'm just feeling the hand that that shalom that shatter the chaos. I feel it was a great word that Lenny brought us. And I just want to pray the peace over everyone listening. Release. Hey, let's release our chaos to the Lord. Lord, we renounce the chaos we are holding in our hearts. We release the chaos in our hearts that keep us from knowing your shalom. We release our chaos to you. Shatter the chaos in our own heart, Lord. Shatter the chaos in my heart. I welcome your peace. I roll out the rug and invite you to step into my living room of chaos. Make my heart a presence of your shalom. Let's pray for uh, Kelly's got a request in here. I think I can show this. Let's see if this works. There we go. Lord, we just honor Kelly's request for her friend, for her bud, Keith. We believe you are calling him because you're calling all of us. Romans says, we can, we, no one has an excuse. Your power and your shalom is evident. In the mountains, the sunrise, I'm looking at the sun rising through my window over the green trees. All the world is without excuse. And so we pray for Keith that you would allow the scales to fall from his eyes like you did Saul. Turn Saul into Paul. You can turn Keith into a Paul. And we just pray the testimony of scales falling from the eyes over Keith today. We speak against lung cancer, his diagnosis of lung cancer. We speak and come against that in the peace 
in the shalom of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we ask you to heal his cancer and establish a testimony through this event in his life where shalom will come alive in Keith's life and he would encounter the presence of the resurrected Jesus for his joy and for those around them. We just pray that you would, you would send him into the harvest. You would do your work in his heart, God. Give him eyes to see you clearly. Amen. Oof. I want to pray for Maria's situation here too, that she's asking prayer for her husband. God, I just declare the same prayer that you would bring unity. Right, Lord. Allow scales to fall. Yes, Lord. And you would you would give increase her love for you, which will spill over to her husband, God. We just ask for unity of spirit here and the shalom, the peace of Jesus in this marriage, and that you would be glorified. We pray, Lord, that you would invade his heart too, Lord. Show him those places, Lord, where you're really trying to speak to him, Lord. And he can see that evidence by his wife's love, Lord. I just ask the Lord that you would, Holy Spirit, really move on him on her behalf, Lord. Visit him, Lord. Lord, I've heard of you visiting people in those night seasons, Lord, in those twilight times, Lord. Just like when we meet you, Lord, Touch him and speak to him, Lord. I had this verse I, was, I, I really wanted to read. It said, uh, it's out of uh, Romans 15. It says, um, We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good and build him up. For Messiah did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Torah, we might have hope. Mm -hmm. Hope, there's that word. There it is. And so may the God... May the Elohim of all endurance and encouragement. That's, that's, you know, when you think about that, you can preach on that for a long time. Mm. Grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Messiah Jesus, Yeshua, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of your Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Messiah has welcomed you for the glory of God. And that, that word welcome is, is invite you into my life. 
as he invites us into his life, it's more than just welcome. Mm. It's an invitation into my life living for you as he lived for us. Just wanted to bring that out. For I tell you that Messiah became a servant. And he goes on, he lays out something to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs that those uh, 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 promises of covenant and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy, it is written, I will praise you among the Gentiles. I will sing your name again. As it said, rejoice O Gentiles with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles and let all the peoples extol him. And again, he says in Isaiah, the root of Jesse, the root there were, means the branch will come even who arises to rule the Gentiles. To him will all the Gentiles hope. And it's interesting that word there, arise, anastasis. It says, you want to talk about spiritual warfare, the power of his resurrection. It's the same word where we get resurrection. Jesus died and he rose again. This is what the enemy fears. And when you look at that passage and he says, I want to bring you into harmony and I want to give you hope. Everything you were praying there, Chris, it's because here we see Jesus. We hear, we see Yeshua through the power of the cross and resurrection mm -hmm. brings all men to himself and gives them all comfort, gives them all shalom, gives them all encouragement, gives yep. them all hope. That's the God of all comfort. That's the Amen. God of all hope. And when you think about that, those few little verses, if you wanted to unpack it, this is what the demons fear. This is what spiritual warfare is. They hate this because men become alive. Yeah. And they're losing ground and they will lose territory. They hate that. He did. It's in those words of comfort. It's not shouting at them. It's in those words of comfort and being alive and being in harmony and obeying his word. Yeah, he, he doesn't want Jesus to rip anyone out of their chaos. No. He does not. The enemy does not want anyone coming out of the chaos. This is I'm just getting this as I'm speaking it out loud. So roll with me. That's why chaos is escalating. You think you're coming out of your chaos? I don't think so. Discourage the this the warfare to discourage people, the warfare for people to concentrate on chaos, stirring up chaos through verbs, through uh through words, through through media, through like resisting the chaos, letting God take us out of chaos. And the other thing where you you were talking about harmony. Harmony and we're it's whether it's a marriage or or a, a family relationship, harmony is needed most when it's the hardest. And when you're wanting harmony, we try to spread our chaos into control onto other people. And the only harmony we are we're, we can be responsible for is the harmony in our heart. And how, how am I going to have harmony with the Lord in my own heart? Release my chaos, release my control on this spouse, this family member, this person at work, and I, or, or distracting voices. I'm going to leave that to be handled by Jesus. 
but I'm going to war in prayer. I'm going to war. Like he said, you could not, Jesus said you couldn't cast. How do they, they try to cast out the demons? Why don't they, why don't these come out? These only come out through prayer and fasting. How do we participate in the prayer and fasting to let the Lord handle the chaos that is out of control? It starts with us. It starts with our, it starts with our own heart. We are accountable for our own heart. Come out of the chaos, everyone. Come out. Preaching to myself. Yes. That heart of the one who fasts has the heart of the father that breaks the yoke of evil, that uh, feeds the poor, that cares for others. This is the fast that is that I will pay attention to, he says. It's, it's more of a heart issue than anything else. It really, really is. And the heart issue has to do with us believing in him. And it's interesting, at the beginning of Romans 15, it says, uh, Messiah became a servant. You know, it, it, ouch, ouch. We're, we're taught how to be selfless. I mean, uh, selfish. <laughs> Not selfless, but selfish. Me, 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 I. It's, we're fighting for, for what? I guess I'm on a soapbox with that right now. I have freedom in Messiah. Mm-hmm. My freedom's not in this world. This, uh, the old days of my old Shiloh days when I was in the hippie communes, you know, in the early Jesus movement, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. I forgot that s- simple song so many, many times. Mm-hmm. And again, and that's not to discount or minimize what it means to live right now on this planet. You know, the, the, those, those euphemisms, you know, you're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. That's demonic. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, that's just the good old boy stuff. That's what I would expect up here from Humboldt. You know, this place is uh, all about the self-made man up here in the north, northern California. <laughs> Everybody, everybody up here is uh, self-made. Don't tell me what to do. I'm a redneck. Leave me alone. And uh, so when you introduce what it means to be a servant and uh, you don't get all riled up, which I have to work hard at. I really, really do. I, it's a different thing. But that brings harmony. Mm-hmm. That's Messiah. That was Jesus. He humbled himself. Yikes. That's the key to marriage. That's the key to relationships. That's the key to family. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. There's not. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and then... You can solve the chaos of the world. Yeah. He invites us. It's that heart, heart relationship like you were referencing earlier. He invites us to the table. He invites us into his palace. Right. He invites us into his suffering, but also has given us everything we need for life, for godliness. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. You know, think about those words right there. 
Shabbat Shalom. Yeah, I, I just I, yeah, and maybe maybe anyone anyone uh, hanging out with us today, think about this week until we talk next week, and maybe we could share somehow uh, in comments next week. But think about this week. how to orchestrate some time in your day daily this week where it's specifically the prayer is lord re i release my chaos i invite your shot your shalom into my life and and the, in the picture I, I i see something I've, I've said to peers or employees and now my kids is there are walls if there's tension or walls between us between us and another individual, and, and in this context, it'd be the Lord. There might be a wall, an opportunity to have a wall between me and the Lord. And as we go from glory to glory in our relationship with the Lord, He reveals, like we think, oh, I don't got any walls between the Lord, and He actually shines a light. Oh, wow, there is a wall here in this corner of my heart that I've been withholding. I've, I've built a wall in my heart that guards the chaos that I want to have control of. And as God shows you daily, this wall in your heart that might be keeping you from operating in the shalom of the Lord, every day, take a brick off that wall. Right. So, so and then when, when strife shows up in... We're triggered by something we see on the news or something on the internet or a relationship we have rather than putting a chaos brick on the wall that not only keeps the wall there, but makes it bigger. Ask the Lord to help you take what chaos brick do I need to take off this wall to move from the next glory to glory that you're taking me to. So I, I just want to encourage everyone positive, not like in a do effort, but invite you to accept the invitation the Lord has to participate in his shalom in your own life and heart and set aside a time this week every day to specifically pray the prayer or ask the Lord to show you what brick of chaos in your life you need to remove and relinquish to step into his shalom. Maybe we can invite them to PM us. Um, to give us some thoughts of what they're hearing right now. I tell you, last night, I think I read this about 10 times. Uh, Trimmer here, he wrote uh, a little commentary on uh, the Shunammite woman, and he had some questions that just pierced my heart. So I printed it out and I put it in bullet form. I did this whole thing. I'm just going, and I, I looked at it. I was going over and over and over again. Everything we've talked about today is encapsulated in this little commentary with the challenge of these questions um, of looking at the Shunammite's life, the one who became a servant to the prophet. And uh, awesome. even in the loss of her son, I want to encourage anybody. I believe he, I post Tim posted it on Facebook. If you're on band, I know it's in band. Um, I have it. I, I put it in a word format. I could email it to those who would want it. Just got to send me your email. You got to PM me with your email. 
I, and uh, if you're friends with me, I guess on Facebook or whatever, but um, everything we're talking about, I looked at that and uh, it's, I, I wanted to respond to it right away, but it's one of those things I'm going, man, this is just reshaping some things in my heart that I think he's bringing my attention to that I, you know, I'm always looking at the global things and the things that are out there right now, what's going on in Iran right now with where they're at and where Israel's at with all them. We could go over all the eschatology and it, it's pretty amazing what's happening out there right now. But it seems like he shifted some things for me, even in, in what, what we're talking about today, to look at that heart, to look at, to look at myself in further discipleship and preparation for what's to come. But uh, I want to encourage anyone, get online and get this from Tim if you can. It's really, really good. So, um, and what you said, you, you nailed it, Chris. You nailed it right on the, right on the head. Mm. Well, the Lord's speaking to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> thinking some, some yeah. opportunities to give up some of my chaos this week. Yeah. Me too. I got it. You know, it's interesting. I got my grandkids coming over Friday and Saturday night, and uh, I have an opportunity to hopefully break some of the chaos in their little five and seven year old minds. <laughs> mm. <laughs> what they go through every day, bring some peace and yet have some fun with them this weekend, too. It's a trip. I get to last uh, five Saturdays in a row. They're learning. They're in the soccer teams. You want to talk about something funny, watch a five-year-old run up and down the, the field playing soccer. They look, they're just so intense. They just want to get that ball in that net. And they're so cute. I just have, I'm, I'm smitten by my little guys, I tell you. Awesome. Yeah. How old are your kids? 14 and 12. They're 18 months apart. I got a girl and a boy, so. Oh, there you go. They couldn't be more different <laughs> which is really amazing just it, it shows how god's wired us all for his own purposes and um having i mean having kids obviously it, it just shows you a picture in a new way it's humbling to see how the lord sees us and is patient and long suffering and what just uh, the frequent prayer I pray is God show me what is your father's heart for them? Meaning the Lord, what is the Lord's heart for them? Show me your heart for them. And I pray that you would reveal that to them and help me not get in the way. Wow. Whether I, whether I'm praying where I, and, and this, this is, is a similar prayer I pray for my wife. Um, so many times, um, I've, you know, I've prayed the prayer to like, generally is like, fix her. She doesn't get it. Why? And rather when you change the prayers for our kids or whoever, God, show me your heart for them. And then whatever I say or do, do not let me be an obstacle to what your heart, like I'm supposed to be a conduit of the Lord's heart. And pray that they hear your heart and show me how to speak 
your heart into their life, life, not my chaos and control. And so that's the, that's something with my kids that, I, that I'm praying often. You know, I, I, I think for me, the kids, especially in his last two years, his last 18 months where family dynamics are different, which has been a really positive thing for us, but also showing me how much my kids need to hear the father's heart and how much I don't have the answers for how to parent. And I, and I, if I, if I'm not operating in his shalom with my, with my kids, it's when I say the wrong thing or come out as angry and just, it's just, it's just, it's completely humiliating. I need to rely on the Lord every day to uh, like, they, they, they need things I have no answer for in my own strength. And so, you know what, that's, that is the prophetic. Uh, I believe uh, words for today, because when you think about it, he says right before his return, he is going to make an issue of restoring the hearts of the fathers to the children. Yep. Hallelujah. Bring yeah. it Lord. That people don't realize how prophetic that is. Mm -hmm. I mean, in the midst of all the technical stuff in Christianity and theology and doctrine, the number, the first thing he said is to restore the hearts of the fathers to the children. That's what Elijah would do. That's what's going to be tantamount in my people right before I return. Because if you can't do that, how do you bring them? How do you bring them the wisdom to obey? And teach him righteousness, which was the next one. Mm -hmm. So uh, that restoring the hearts of the fathers, it, it's like Deuteronomy 6. That's it. They sit at the table. Yeah. And you teach him what life is. You teach yeah. him Torah. When they go in and out, they can ask their father, and their father speaks to them. You know, all those images. And what Shabbat's all about? Shabbat's yep. about the family. It's, yeah. it's, you know, it's not a church service. It's it's about the family. It really is. And yet, in unity and in harmony, then we're supposed to celebrate the fact that he gives. We enter into eternity every every Sabbath, knowing that he's going to take care of us completely. It's, it's just a glimpse of eternity, and there's something supernatural about it for those that obey it. That's why it says, do it, man. It's life. It's living the kingdom. That is. Living the kingdom in your, in your family first. Yeah. 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 Well, this has been really, really good. Yeah, it'll be fun next week. I think yeah. we're without Alan again next week. Um, yeah. How do you want to wrap this up? I'll tell you what, Chris – why don't we, why don't you pray? Okay. Why don't you pray and bless the saints, bless them all out there. And, and, uh, all right. Love all of you. And, um, well, we just bless your name. I thank you for this opportunity to be here with people. Thank you for, for speaking. To Lenny and I, I just felt your grace on us, and I just bless your name. We release our chaos to you. We celebrate the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. We lift our hearts and our hands to you. We release our chaos. 
We celebrate your goodness and we just release the peace of shalom into our hearts, into the hearts of our children, into the hearts of our spouses, into the hearts of our employees, into the hearts of our businesses, into the hearts of our peers, into the hearts of our bosses and supervisors, Lord. We release the shalom of Jesus there. We release the shalom of Jesus into our government, into our nation. We pray for the peace of Israel. We pray for the peace of the shalom of Israel, Lord, the shalom of Jerusalem. Release your peace on the earth. We participate in your glory. We bless your name. And we rest in your shalom today. Amen. Chris, bless you and your family this week. And we want to bless Alan and Christine out there. Just re be refreshed, encouraged, and uh, have a lot of fun. All right. And saints, God bless you. You have a wonderful, wonderful week. Amen. Bye-bye. See you later. You're listening to Chameleon Church. Biblical Antidotes for the Modern Man. With your host, Ellen Aguirre. The views and opinions expressed during our broadcasts are solely those of the broadcast producers, hosts, and or guests, etc., and are not necessarily the views or opinions of the Travelog Network, its sponsors, or affiliates.